0: It's good to see everybody in this little bit of a chilly morning. And uh, this morning we get to continue our series called The Power to Change. Um, as Larry mentioned, this is based on a book um, that he read and then I read too. It's called it's a book uh, just simply called The Power to Change by Craig Groeschel. Um, we do have a couple copies of it left over at the info desk if you're interested in picking one up today. Uh, we don't do this a lot, but from time to time I like just going through a book together. Um, and the reason it, it just, when you find a good book, um, I, are any of y'all, do y'all really like to read? I, I love to read. Um, and so when I read a good book, I want to tell people about it. Have y'all ever done, I mean, you, you read a good book and you're like, oh man. And so Jennifer gets this a lot from me and like, I've got to share this with you. And, I gotta, and so this is my chance to share with you a good book that I read. Um, and so, uh, this is a great way to start 2024. I like the book uh, because it's about habits, it's about change, it's about discipline. But it's not one of those like self-help books like, oh you, you've got to try harder and feel good, and it's this way to health and prosperity for the rest of your life. No, this is all about spiritual transformation. Right? Last week, we talked about that. Real change is not behavior modification. It is spiritual transformation. And so we kind of want to dig a little deeper on that today. Let me ask you kind of a tough question this morning as we start off. I want you to think about this. Why? uh, Have you ever thought about this? uh, Why do you do the things you do? Why? Why do you respond in certain ways when you're put in certain situations? What is it that, that causes you to respond the way that you do? Let me give you a few examples for you to think about. When you wake up, how, uh, why do you do what you do? Uh, So do you set an alarm? How many times do you hit the snooze button? Do y'all do that? Or do y'all like set like three alarms, like one at 7, one at 7.05, one at 7.10, or, you know, and you just keep setting multiple alarms, and uh, why do you do things like that? Uh, What else do you do? Do Do you... Immediately pick up your phone and start scrolling, or do you start reading your Bible? Do you exercise? Do you go ahead and fix breakfast? Do you what? Are, why do the things that you, why do you do the things that you do in that, that routine? Another example when you go to a restaurant um, and, and they bring out the menu, right? And do you order what do you order and, and why do you order to order that? Do, do you choose the healthy option? Or do you choose the good tasting option, right? Because they're not the same, usually. And, and so what are you going to choose? Do you get the appetizer and dessert, or if you get the, uh, the appetizer, does that mean you can't get dessert, or uh, do you get a, do you have to drink, are, are y'all families that make every, all the kids get water? We used to do that, and our kids didn't love that. We're like, we're not paying two fifty dollars for a, a drink. You're drinking water tonight. It remind me, growing up, do y'all remember, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but do y'all remember you used to go and get pitchers of soft drinks, right? And you got one pitcher, you had to pay by the pitcher, like a, a soft drink. So like, our, your parents were like, you cannot drink until your food gets here. Because you've got one pitcher and that's it. Do y'all remember that? Like Pizza Hut, RJ's, places like that where they used to bring, I don't know why I thought of that, but, uh, you know, why do we do things the way we do? Um, let me another example. Um, what do you do when you're trying to lose weight, but then someone has cookies available? So here's what I do. I break one in half and eat half of it because it doesn't count that way, right? But then I go back five minutes later and get the half, right? The other half. So, and then about five minutes later, I go back and break another one in half. And I'll eat a whole plate of cookies that way. But they don't count because I'm only eating half a cookie. <laughs> Y'all do that too, or is that just me? So here's some reasons. Okay, All think, think about things you do. Why do you do? There's some reasons. One, you just, that's the way you've always done it. You don't even think about it. You're just on autopilot. That's what I do. Uh, sometimes you do things because you feel obligated to do them. That's what's expected of me. That's what everybody wants me to do. Um, uh, sometimes you do stuff because you actually want to do it. You, you, that's your desire. You're like, you're passionate about it. I'm going to do that. Sometimes you do things because you want to be liked. You want to impress someone, right? And, and so you're trying to show off, portray an image. Those are all reasons we do things, but those are all secondary reasons. There, there's a bigger, deeper reason that, that you make the choices you do. And that kind of brings me to to my first point this morning. I want you to write this down. I want you to think about this. And my, my first point is simply this. Your identity directs your actions. Your identity directs your actions. The way Craig Rochelle says in the book, he says, You do what you do because of what you think about you. Kind of sounds Dr. Seuss there a little bit. But there's some truth to it, right? You do what you do because of what you think about you. Who we are, our character, it shapes our thoughts about ourselves. It shapes our thoughts about others. What we think is a reflection of who we are, our our identity. And so we do what we do primarily because of what we think about ourselves. In the Old Testament, there's a a scripture in Proverbs 23 that says, it starts off this way, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Our identity is drives our actions. How we see ourselves determines our behavior. In in the book, uh, Groeschel, he he cites a study, and it was a study done at Stanford University. And he called this the identity model of decision making. Research shows that when you make a choice, we essentially and, and subconsciously ask ourselves three different questions. Without even realizing it, you process these three questions that end up determining what you do. And you'll do this just in a split second. And you ask yourself these three questions. One, who am I? Who am I? Two, what kind of situation is this? And three, what would someone like me do in this situation? So who am I? What kind of situation is this? And what would someone like me do in this situation? That's kind of playing, that's the soundtrack that's playing in our mind when we're trying to make a decision. And so you face any kind of situation, you're you're categorizing yourself. Let me give you an example. Someone pulls out in front of you and you have to slam the brakes. So what do you say? How do you react? Does your mood change? You go through these three questions in your mind. Who am I? That's the first question: Are you impatient and angry, <laughs> running out of time, and saying, "Is that the first thought? Like I got to be somewhere. Why did you do that? What you're such an idiot, right?" It means that, or do you, the first thought in your mind, "Who am I?" Is like, you know what? I'm just glad I wasn't in an accident. I'm good. I'm relaxed. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm a Christian, so I'm going to act like it, <laughs> right? you know, and I, we do have some new cornerstone, uh, car decals over there by the resource table. Um, and can I just say, if you put one on your car, remember who you are. Okay. <laughs> remember how to act. That's the only thing about having car decals is like, you got to remember that's on your car. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Um, but like if someone pulls out, you've got to say, what kind of situation is this, right? Are you in danger? Or is this just hey, is this a little annoyance or is it uh, everything? What would someone like me do in this situation? In your mind, you're saying, well, how should I respond? And you kind of see, right, when you face any type of situation in your mind without even thinking, you're going through these type of decisions, these times. And, and this is your identity. This is who you are. Your self-identity is the primary reason that you make decisions. Here's another way this plays out. Um, I've talked with a lot of teenagers over the years. I love teenagers. Um, And and I get frustrated sometimes because so many of them, in their mind, their identity is, I'm not a good student. I'm struggle. I'm not smart. I'm not good in math. I'm not good in whatever it is. And that, they've wrapped up their identity in what they cannot do right? And, and so when they take a test, what do they do? Who am I? I'm not smart. I struggle in school. Well, what kind of situation is this? Well, this is a test. So how does someone like me usually respond? They bomb the test. So what do they do, right? Their identity drives their actions. You, you, you following with me? And so what you think about yourself really makes a difference. And, and, and so let's talk about the opposite. I've also seen people understand who they are. I'm disciplined. I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus, right? So when the alarm clock gets off, goes off, what do they do? They get up, they read their Bible, they exercise. Why? Because that's what a disciplined person does. They don't even think twice about it. What's the difference, right? This, you can put the same, right, you can put two people in very similar circumstances and they respond very differently because of what they think about themselves. And so how, and again, right, you do what you do because of what you think about yourself. So how come I can't change? How come I, I still lose my temper? How come I, I still look at things I don't want to look at? How can I, how come I still find myself going back to the same bad habits time after time after time? So we've got we've to understand how we start changing that, right? And that brings me to my next point, to change what you do, to change your actions, right? Change your identity. It it sounds simple, but this is so foundational. And as we go through this series, we we really got to learn about our identity. If you want to change what you do, you've got to change what you think. And if you want to change what you do, it's time to change your identity, Last week, we said if you try to change your behavior without changing your identity, it's like pulling up a weed without getting to the root. So what happens if you, if you change your behavior, if we do behavior modification and you just quit doing something, but you don't get to the root, it's going to come back. You're going to keep, you've got to get to the root and the root is your identity. Who are you? Whose are you? All right? And we've got to understand this. Um, to me, uh, again, I go back to our teenagers sometimes, this, this has been one of the biggest lessons I want them to, to learn. To know who they are in Christ, who you belong to, whose you are. Um, and, and I think going back to my teenage years, it, I really think about this, I struggled so much in finding my identity. And, and you search to try to find your identity, is it in being popular, or is it in sports? Or is it in school and your degrees? And, then, and it's not just teenagers, right? It keeps going as we get older. And then it becomes our job and our finances and our houses and our cars and how much stuff we have. And our identity is wrapped up in what we do and what we have. And so the problem with that, right, if your identity is wrapped up in your job and that's everything about your life, what happens when you no longer have that job? Right, I mean, what happens if your identity is wrapped up in, in your stuff and you no longer have your stuff? The problem, right, when we wrap up, our, all of those things are temporary. All those things uh, can easily be lost. And, and, and so it, all those things make us continually dissatisfied and discontent because we're always comparing ourselves to everybody else. I wonder how many of you are like me, though, that you would say when you think of, about who you are, it's a it's a lot easier to believe the bad things about yourself. It, it's a lot easier to believe the bad things than the good things. Um, why is that? Why is it that we tend to kind of assume the worst about ourselves? Why is it the that, that? Why is it that we identify with all of those things that? Uh, Just like the students who say, I'm not smart or I'm not good at this. and Why do we do the same thing about our own identity? The reason is because the devil is a liar. liar. The devil is continually telling you, since the day you were born, he wants you to not know who you are. He's giving you a false identity. In John chapter 8, I want to read this. It says, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He, he always, right, he has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar. He is the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Satan's a liar. That's who he is. He wants you to believe the lies about yourself. And then notice what Jesus says. You're so busy listening to those lies, when Jesus tells you the truth, you don't even hear it. So when we read the Bible, right, why do we believe what Satan is feeding into us, right, instead of believing the truth that God is feeding us? Craig Groeschel in the book, he he said, You've been believing the lie from your spiritual enemy for so long. When Jesus tries to tell you who you are, you've been so pre-programmed by the lie that you don't believe the truth. And that truth will set you free. You're so used to hearing that, that you can't change and you're not that, and that you'll never be faithful, all that stuff, that you're not a real man of God, you're not a good mom, that you're never going to be financially free, you can never overcome that, you're always going to be addicted, you're always going to be stuck. Those are the lies that we believe, that we just keep feeding ourselves. There's so many things like this in our lives. I'll just tell you kind of one of those kind of limiting to beliefs, one of those lies that I've believed over the years that, that, that's just not true. I've told myself over the years, I'll be personal here for a minute, that I'm not a people person, <laughs> right? And, and you, maybe you're like this. Maybe you're like, I'm just not a people person. And I, the, the re, you can do this to avoid, right, going out and doing things. If you start believing that I'm not a people person, what do you do? You just stay at home all the time. And, and the problem with that is I actually really like being around people, people that I know, people that I love, people that I trust. I love being around people. I am a people person. I was created by God to live in community. Right? And, and so the problem is we start believing the lies we, te- we tell ourselves over and over. We, we, we tell ourselves so often that we believe it and we start letting that dictate the choices we, ma- we make. We let that start dictating our actions. We're called to, to serve one another, love one another, help one another. And we can't do that when we're sitting on our couch watching TV every night. Right? So I am a people person. So you've got to understand, right? And for all of us, the, what are the lies we're believing? So that kind of leads me to my next point. We'll just keep going. If we've got to change our identity, how do we do that? To change our actions, we've got to change our identity. If we want to change our identity, we've got to understand who we are in Christ. What does God's word say? As you define your identity, uh, that God is not just going to be an aspect of who you are, right? Right? Uh, You could say, like, I'm a Christian or I'm religious or I'm spiritual, uh, but it's more than that. Understanding your identity starts with understanding who he is, what he says about himself, what he says about you. You, Your identity uh, can be defined by God. He made you in his image. And, And so when you start understanding your identity as a follower of Christ, you've got to understand how he sees you. It's tempting to build your identity on what you accomplish, on, on, on those things you do, but that's not really your identity. Your true identity is based on what God has done for you. So, so let's kind of walk through the Bible here. I just want to, you to read these statements, and I want you to use these as reminders of who you are in Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, we are new, right? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. We're new in Christ. But also Christ lives in us. Galatians 2.20 My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So again, right, our old life is gone. Christ lives in us. You're not doing, you're not making these choices on your own power. We've tapped in to that new power source that we talked about last week. But also, we've now become adopted into his family. John 1.12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. You're, you're, you've now got a new family. You've now been brought into God's family. We have His Spirit living inside of us, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But the person who is joined to the Lord is is one Spirit with Him. He has sent His Holy Spirit to live in us, to indwell us, to empower us. Romans 6 tells us that we are no longer slaves to sin. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. But we also need to remember that God has chosen us. 1 Peter 2, you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show the others the, the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. We also need to remember that we have victory because we are loved. Romans 8 says, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours to Christ who loved us. So in spite of everything the Bible tells us that we are as believers, why do we keep questioning it? Why do we keep believing what the devil says? And then when you really mess up and blow it, when we make mistakes, when we sin, and we all do that, right? do you know what the devil tells you? Not that you did something bad, but you are a bad person. He attacks your identity. And and the problem is, right, we start believing that. Not not just that we made a bad choice, a bad decision, but we are a bad person. And and so he tells you, you're an addict. You're a loser. You'll never change. That's just who you are. And what's he trying to do? He's trying to lie to you about your identity. And so what happens? That distorted identity starts, sabotage, starts sabotaging all your actions. And you think, well, I've just got an addictive personality, and so that's what I do. That's, that's how I cope. I just take another drink. I just overeat. I just start gambling. It's just what I do. That's who I am. I, I'm, I'm going to keep making that same mistake. My parents did it. I'm going to do it. That's just who I am. While you've based your identity on your actions. And, and maybe it's money. You're like, I, I just can't handle money. So what do you do? You just keep spending more than you make. You keep going deeper in debt. And you're always going to be broke. And and so what's happened? Your distorted identity has created destructive habits. Your distorted identity starts meaning, and then those destructive habits reinforce your distorted identity. You, You get in this vicious cycle that just keeps going. And so what do you got to do to break that? Well, you've got to understand who you are in Jesus. And that, that's just, if you take nothing else from this morning, it's you are not who the devil says you are. You, you are who Jesus says you are. And so Jesus is speaking truth about you, and you need to believe the truth about you. And, and so when you develop that Christ centered identity, it leads to Christ honoring habits. What do you tend to do, right? What do you, do? Why do you do those things in those situations? It's because of your identity. And when you have a Christ-centered identity, it's going to change the way you respond. That person cut you off in the car, instead of cussing them out, you're going to be like, I wonder what's going on in their world today. How can I pray for them? You know, I'm just glad I wasn't in an accident. I just, I'm just thankful right it it, it changes you from being angry to having gratitude in your life and there's so many things when we know who we are in jesus it it just changes who am i i'm a follower of jesus what kind of situation is this and and then what would jesus do in this situation Uh, i remembered a, a kind of a quote by dallas Willard that i heard years ago uh, that stuck with me. And he said, discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. Now, now think about that for a minute. That's what discipleship is. It's becoming who Jesus would be if he were us. And that almost sounds sacrilegious. It's the whole, what would Jesus do? <laughs> right? But it kind of internalizes it. If Jesus was in my place, it, it, What would he do? Well, the only way we're going to know that is if we know Jesus. If we've opened his word and know about his character, we know how he responded throughout Scripture. We have this blueprint. We have this story. We have this love letter to humanity that shows us how Jesus lived. And discipleship is the process of us becoming more like Jesus living like he lived, loving like he loved, leading like he he led. It's us learning how to respond like Jesus in every aspect of our life, not just on Sunday morning. So we're not starting with behavior modification. We're not starting with action. We're starting with the Christ-centered spiritual identity. So that kind of leads me to to my my last point this morning that I want you to, to, to think about. Instead of focusing on what you want to do, decide on who you want to become. If you really want to change, this is how change happens. So there's a, a book, I've got a quote I want to share with you. It's by a guy named James Clear. He wrote a, a business book, it's not really a Christian book, called Atomic Habits. Kind of a popular book right now. Uh, and he, it's a very practical book, good book. Uh, But he he said this in the book. He said, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Think about it. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs. But as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. We're we're just reminding ourselves who we are. It's Christ-centered identity. And so here's what's going to happen. You're going to start to seek God for a new identity. Last week we talked about we've got to have our spiritual why. So if you want to change, why do you want to change? You've got to keep digging down until you get your spiritual why. This week it's all about our spiritual who. It's knowing who we are. It's our identity. In the moment that you start to believe that you can become who God wants you to be, the devil's going to tell you, you can't change. Who, and who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what the devil is telling you? Or are you going to believe what Jesus says about you? This is huge, guys. And I just, I want to I'll kind of tell you a powerful scripture here just to let it soak in your mind. Ephesians 4. And it says this, Since you have heard about Jesus, you have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your formal former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception i love that image just throw it off get it off right instead let the scripture renew your thoughts and attitudes and you put on your new nature created to be like god truly righteous and holy you throw off the old nature and you you're putting on this is a choice we make guys it doesn't just happen accidentally This is a conscious decision that I'm going to do. I'm going to to make this choice. Romans 12 says that we're not conformed to the patterns of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of your mind. This says that we let the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. We throw off that old nature. We throw off that old self. We put on Christ. We put on our new Christ-centered identity that changes who we are, that changes how we live, that changes who we will become. It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. So who are you? You're a new creation in Christ. You're you're the light of the world. You are God's workmanship, just as we read earlier. Created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that He prepared for you long ago. You're an ambassador of God. You're, 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 You're redeemed, forgiven, set free. You are more than a conqueror. You're a child of the living God. You're chosen. You're called. You're set apart. You're filled with the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's who you are. Not what the devil says about you. And and I know this may seem a little basic this morning, but I'm telling you, once you start believing what Jesus says, once you find your identity in Jesus instead of all the stuff in the world, it will change how you live. Change everything about your life. But it starts from the inside out. It's not behavior modification. It's not just not sinning. It's, It's changing who you are. And that's the truth that's going to set you free this morning. And so if you don't know Jesus, this is where it all starts. Your identity starts with who Jesus is and what He's done for you. And here is who Jesus is. He is God in the flesh that has come to this world to to give us a way that we could be made right with God again. He has come to this world to rescue us. He has come to this world to forgive us of our sins. He has come to this world to give us a way that we could be with God forever for all of eternity. And that happens when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And so I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for who you are, for what you've done. We're we're thankful that Jesus came to set us free And so help us to believe the the truth that you have told us about ourselves. When we become a believer, when we get saved, when we are born again, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it changes everything about us. It changes our identity. It changes who we belong to. We've now been brought into the family of God. We've now been given the same rights and privileges. And so, Heavenly Father, help us to live like that. Help us to believe you and not what the devil says about us. Help us not to to give in to that distorted identity that the devil is trying to convince us of, but help us to realize you have called us to a greater purpose. And it all starts with understanding who Jesus is. So right now, while we're all in in a spirit of prayer, we have all got our heads bowed, I want to just ask you, Is there anybody here that would be honest enough that says, Mike, I want to change, but I want to change by putting my faith in Jesus because I've never done that. Anybody here this morning? Would you just slip up your hand? Anybody? If you're watching online, this is for you too. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, right now is your opportunity to just to call out to Him that I want my life to change, and it starts with believing who you are. It starts with confessing my need for you. It starts with believing that, God, you raised Jesus from the dead to pay the penalty for my sins. So right now, right here, Lord, I confess Jesus is my Lord. He's my master. If that's you, Jesus heard it. He answered your prayer. He saves us. Lord, we just thank you for for the power of Jesus. That power that we can tap into. That power that helps us accomplish far more than we can ever imagine or dream on our own power. It starts with understanding who we are. Our Christ-centered identity. We thank you this morning, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So as we close this morning, guys, I, I want you to leave here living in that power, living in that new identity. Not believe Every time that pops into your mind, that soundtrack that plays over and over in your mind, when The devil says, that's not who you are. Say, that is who I am. Right? I know who I am. I know who you are. And I'm going to live my life for you.